1: justification It's God's gift to the rescued, and it's part of our series, Rescued, Past, Present, and Future. Join us. Truth for Today is coming up next. Here in the book of Romans, we have an amazing look at our salvation. The past part of it. The present part of it and the future part of it. Today, we're looking at justification, God's gift to the rescued. We're in Romans chapter 3, verses 24 through chapter 4, and verse 25. It's here the Apostle Paul lays out for us a marvelous look at this salvation, this rescue, and what it took. With today's broadcast of Truth for Today, here's Pastor Phil Howard.
2: We're going to be looking at three things about justification, the cost of it, the condition to have it, and then I'll look at two characters that God gave it to. Our hero, as Matt beautifully dubbed our Savior, has paid the cost to justify sinners. And then we want to be clear on the condition so that you not don't get mixed up on that then we want to do a case study on just two characters let me give you a theological definition of justification first of all justification if it helps you it's from the greek word meaning righteous it just means righteous but what justification means How could God ever declare you to be in the right with him? He said, there's none righteous, no, not one. He says that in Romans 3.10. Well, if he says that about us, how could he ever say, you are right in my sight? So when you hear justification, which is simply the Latin word that took, that's what the Vulgate did, with the Greek word, righteous dikaios, Latin, "justificare," And now, justified means I am in a right relationship with God. But how? But how? How can it be? Now, let's give a theological de- definition. I'll try to go by memory. I had to memorize this when I was 19. Let's see if the memory's working. You won't ever know the difference. It is that judicial act of God whereby he declares a hell-deserving sinner to be righteous in his sight based upon the imputed righteousness of Christ. Is that beautiful? beautiful? I mean, he declares you to be in the right because he imputed or he counted to your credit. The righteousness of Jesus. You see, everything God wants to give you, if you wind up in Jesus, he can give you anything. He can give you everything. We're blessed with all spiritual blessings. Where? In heavenly places. In Christ. And that gets you into heavenly places. All right? So, that judicial act of God, it's a courtroom scene. You can walk out of the court, declare not guilty in God's sight with God being the judge because he sees you clothed in a righteousness, not your own. This is what Luther said. This is the fundamental essential of Christianity. The church stands or falls on whether you understand this. You cannot be saved any other way. It's the full explanation of the gospel. It's one to say Jesus died, buried, rose again. That's wonderful. That's historical. He died. Now, he did say he died for our sins. That gets, now we know why. But I've I've heard people just, if you say that, that saves. Well, uh, it saved the Corinthians, but he did unpackage it a little bit. Romans is the unpackaging of what the historical facts accomplished. He did die for our sins. He was buried. He did rise again. But we want to now take a journey and see. I'm going to reach back and see what the hero did. That's the cost. What price God had to pay to get to justify you. Look at Romans 3. We pick up verse 21 where Matthew was last week. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned in the past and are all falling short in the present Of the glory of God. It reflects a past tense. And a present falling. And are justified. By his grace. As a gift. You see that? And are justified. Because they deserve it. Grace you don't deserve. And it's even a gift. Through who has faith in Jesus. Three things. The cost to God to ever get a sinner right in his sight. Three things. And Matt taught on this last week. He had to pay a price with his own blood to redeem you, to buy you out. And by the way, when we say the blood of Christ, uh, we're not just talking blood plasma. Yes, he had blood plasma. But it's a phrase loaded with greater meaning. It means a vicious death under the penalty of God. When the lamb died and his blood was spilt, blood was the shorthand for the jugular vein was slit. They died. Another took their life. Christ didn't die of measles. He didn't die of some disease up in Galilee. He died under the wrath of God. And he did that to purchase you, to redeem you out from sin. Second thing he did before God, he satisfied God's anger towards your sins and my sins. God wasn't angry with his son, but God made him to be my sin. And so God said, you'll have to bear my wrath if you take their place. And he says, I choose to do it. And he satisfied every righteous claim God had against you in his death. And so, this word is he propitiated or he satisfied God's wrath, his anger. Now, the pagans practiced this, they were always bringing sacrifices, and they thought you could buy off an angry God. So, they were always bringing offerings. God says, there's nothing mankind can bring me that can satisfy my anger towards their sin. I alone can provide what will subside and satisfy my wrath. I will bring the sacrifice. I'll go to Mount Moriah with Isaac and the knife will plunge into this sun. I will take him. And only he, God provides the only thing that will satisfy him, his only beloved son. It's not you and I bringing our paltry sacrifices, our good works, our offerings, whatever. He says, You can never buy me off. You can never get my wrath to subside. Only my son bearing the wrath for you can it ever be satisfied. It costs God everything to save you. And then he uses a Greek word. He demonstrated this, which the idea is God's character was on trial when it comes to saving you. He had to prove he was just while declaring you to be just. He had to vindicate his character and he went public. He, he did it out in the open. He could have done it up in the north of Palestine. He could have done it in secret. He could have done a lot. But he said, no, we're going to go to the capital. We're going to go to Jerusalem. We're going to get a public spectacle where my son hangs nearly naked on a cross. I want all of creation so much that all the lights in the universe went out because I am going to publicly show you what I will pay to save a sinner this is what it costs God to save sinners the blood of his son this is death a satisfaction that only Jesus could provide and the demonstration I am so righteous I let no one go to heaven free you don't go to heaven free it just didn't cost you anything it cost heaven everything This salvation is full and free to you, but never to God, never to God, poured out his wrath upon his son. It was the price he was willing to pay to get to have you next to him for eternity. It's uh, overwhelming. I mean, has your wife ever said, you need to get out of the house? I need a break. How about God paying a price for you never to be separated from him? Never separated. I just gave the illustration to show you what I mean. Now, this righteousness comes to us. What's the condition for getting it? How can I get this righteousness? Well, he said in 320, none... Can be justified by works of the law. You you can't keep the law of Moses and make it to heaven. Not that anyone ever has, but he said, For by the works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin. He goes in chapter four as we'll be looking at Abraham as this great example. He says, because the Jews would say, "Well, you got to be circumcised to be right with God. You got to do some religious ritual." Other people circumcised, but Genesis seventeen, God said, "It's a sign of the covenant between you, Abraham, and your offspring. I want every male circumcised on the eighth day." And, and the Jews did that, like some people do baptism. Well, I've been baptized. I've been circumcised. That was the Jewish argument. And he says, yeah, but your father Abraham was never circumcised when God declared him right. It was before circumcision. And then it goes on to say, uh, it wasn't under law. For uh, he was never under the law. Moses came after Abraham. So it wasn't depending on circumcision. wasn't depending on the law. So you can't be right with God by religious activity. You can't be right with God by so-called keeping the rules. No, no, no. You just can't. Well, how can I? Well, it's by faith alone. Look at 322 where he says, For all uh, the righteousness of God comes to us through faith. And Luther added the word alone in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Verse 24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus to be received by faith alone. He justifies those who have faith in Jesus alone. Verse 26. 28. For we hold that one is justified by faith alone. Apart from works of the law. Luther added alone. And Roman Catholic scholars criticizing him for it. Who do you think you are to add alone? And this was a reason as an Augustinian monk, he slept on a plywood piece of wood called a bed. He fasted two to three times a week. He uh, inflicted pain on himself. He fasted. He prayed. He went to his confessor, John Stobitz, and would stay in the confessional booth two hours at a time. Stobitz, uh saw him usually daily. And one time, he went back to the confessional, and it just been overnight. And he said, stop it, Luther. You couldn't have sinned that much. It's only been 24 hours. You went to sleep through the night. But he could get no relief from the uh, shortcomings. He was a student of the Word at the university. And he said, I'm, a, I'm an ungodly man. I, ca- I can't get it out of my thoughts i can't do this. and he just felt this total uh indictment he was guilty, guilty, guilty before god, and in his tradition, he was taught you've gotta not only believe in Jesus but you've gotta have uh baptism you've gotta have the sacraments you've gotta to go to confession you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta it never ended. And he kept doing going through it. here he had the he was nearly killed in the lightning storm, and he promised Saint Anne I'll be a monk. I was headed to be a lawyer. His father never forgave him for giving up law to become a priest, but he was so thankful God spared him in the storm, and yet when he came here, he said, "It's not by faith plus." It's not by uh, Christ plus. It's not plus anything. Once you put a plus, it quits being the gospel. Amen. Christ alone saves. Faith alone saves. Alone. Don't add anything to it. And what did Paul tell the Judaizers in Galatians? If I or an angel from heaven comes to you and adds anything to this gospel, let him be anathema. No additions, no additions, no adi- And if you're not clear on this, you can be religious to your toenails and go to hell. It's Christ alone you must trust. You must come to him by faith alone. See, faith is the only thing you can do and not do anything. Just believe God can do it. So, the only way you can be saved is by faith alone. Ah, but the Jewish mind would ask, what about Abraham? Oh, I'm hearing Paul say, I'm glad you brought it up. Let me tell you about Abraham. Abraham. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather? Chapter 4, verse 1, according to the flesh. If he was justified by works, he is something to boast about. But not before God. He had no works he knew that impressed God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God. Abraham did not work. He believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Notice the word counted. Verse 3. Verse 5. Verse 6. Verse 8. Five times. And the word counted is a word to put to one's credit. It was used of ledgers. Put it to someone's account give them credit for something and so he says here when he believed god gave him credit put to his account righteousness many of the rabbis translate genesis 15:6 that's being quoted they'll say and abram was faithful and god counted him righteous they made it he was a good man he he did good works he won the uh, it, it's miss mr he believed he wasn 't faithful he believed in him who was faithful. He will hold me fast not you i you know we used to sing he we used to sing, my father told us, I will let nothing separate me from his love well. Once I come to understand grace, I change it. He won't let nothing because my grip gets pretty weak. I slip out any moment if it's my grip. It's God's grip on me that's keeping me, not my grip on him. Now, let's tell the story of Abraham. Abraham, according to Joshua, was a moon worshiper when he lived in Ur of Chaldee, present-day Iraq. When he was living there with Haran, Tara, other family members, God one day says, Abram, I want you to leave her and go to a land that I show you. And if I was Abram, I would have said, Where's the map? God said, No map. Just go where I tell you. Who looked up Abram? Where was Billy Graham? God looked at this man. I see people don't believe in election. You can't believe in Abraham. God just said, boom. I mean, 11 chapters of Genesis. Three chapters of the fall. Chapter 4, Cain is killed. Chapter 5, in that day, men begin to call upon God. Chapter 6, the earth was so bad, God said, I want to destroy it with a flood. Chapter 8, the earth is destroyed. Chapter 9, we start over again chapter 10 the table of nations chapter 11 Babel we're scattered and all of a sudden God said I'm going to start all over i saved save Noah I'm going to save another man he is a Gentile at that time he's a moon worshiper so he's an idol worshiper and I'm going to call him and say you know what Abram I'm going to bring nations out of you I'm going to give you a land I'm going to bless you is that right who do you think you are God oh okay and so nephew Lot gets in trouble and the kings around Sodom they raided the area they stole Lot he was captured uncle Abram hears about it he goes down he rescues nephew Lot on the way back He meets a man by the name of Melchizedek. And he gives him a tenth of everything of the spoils. Something very beautiful in the story. The king of Sodom said, I want you to have everything we took from the spoil. Abram says, no, you keep it all. I never want it to be said when I become wealthy that the king of Sodom made me wealthy. I want God to give me whatever I get."
1: And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ you have questions about today's program. Maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord. We would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, Or, better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, no size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth for Today with Pastor Phil
0: Howard.